0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print-on-demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. Once again, Travis and I are in person recording. Travis, we had to pivot. Little bit today, we had Mm -hmm. an interview scheduled that we will eventually get to in a later episode. Um, but last minute, the guy had to back out, so we decided to pivot. But here we are, nonetheless. How are you feeling about today's episode? How are you feeling in general in this lovely September cold weather that we're experiencing (laughs) after our snowstorm yesterday?
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it went from a hundred degrees, 101 degrees on Monday, and uh, to or on Sunday it, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it, it went
1: from like 100 degrees and raining ash. Yeah, quite literally, <laughs> on, literally on Sunday. Sunday was one of the most eerie days. That right. I mean, the sky was like dark orange, yeah. and yeah, the, the air in so the the air quality index apparently, <laughs> um, and no one's going to care about this, but at 120 <laughs> on the air quality index, they don't allow children to go outside for recess. Well, huh. Sunday it was at 217. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It smelled <laughs> was, like a campfire. I, yeah, outside. I was outside for 5 minutes and instantly got a headache and like mm-hmm. it's like they say it's dangerous dangerous for sensitive groups like people who are asthmatic or like, mm-hmm. like 130 like 100 and like 30 something and it was 217. So yeah. like we had no intentions of leaving our house. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you looked up you looked up in the sky and it looked like you were it, it, I I told my my daughter, I said it's like Life is on an Instagram filter right now. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It looked
1: like that. I mean, you could yeah. take awesome pictures and not even have to apply, you know, filter seven or whatever mm-hmm. on, on the Instagrams. That's
0: pretty nuts. But nuts. And then today, we got snow on the ground. So... Yeah, yesterday sh- and today. change. Yeah. And
1: it's been... It's. I mean, I I was excited to wear a beanie and a nice sweater, so I wasn't too disappointed <laughs> at the cold weather. But it's the earliest snow we've had in Colorado for like 10 years.
0: Yeah, there's something about like um so I, a lot of times in the morning i'll get up and i'll work on my laptop before i move to my desktop just because i work at home and it's awesome yes and uh, there's something about like grabbing a blanket you right. know and ra- i mean the first time it, there's just i mean a cup know, of coffee cool.
1: is never better than on a cold morning yeah like in the exactly. summer you're drinking it because you have a habit and
0: you're, <laughs> addict. and you're addicted to it
1: <laughs> in the winter it's necessity to warm your soul <laughs> but nonetheless here we are we've We've made it through the storms and um, pivoting and all that kind of stuff. I have to throw in a pivot sound effect from friends. Uh, but <laughs> in post-production. Here we go. Pivot. 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 I think what we're going to do uh, before we get to the main event of the evening, of course, as always, we're going to go to the point of interest.
0: The Point of Interest. The part of the show where you may discover something that you were not previously aware of. It's The Point of Interest.
1: So, Travis, you were telling me, before we pressed record, about a particularly interesting point of interest that you had. So, tell Mm -hmm. tell us about... Um, this week's point of interest and how it correlates to something that I collected when I was a child. I'm sure you collected as well. I'm sure every, a lot of people listening collected uh, baseball cards. Talk yeah. about that.
0: Uh, now, to be 100% transparent, I feel like it's more of a point of pondering. <laughs> and we'll get to one. We're going to have to make
1: another bumper for, <laughs> yeah. for
0: that one. <laughs> but um, just saw on a uh, recently that Topps baseball cards... Are doing a limited edition um, Cal Ripken Jr. 2131 set, um, and for those of you baseball nerds, or, or actually uh-huh. for those of you who don't know baseball, uh, Cal Ripken uh, set the or broke Lou Gehrig's 2130 consecutive games played record 25 years ago, and so they're doing this you know this commemorative set sure. for to commemorate this this 25th anniversary, and um, And it popped up on my little Google uh, alert, alert. you know, that uh, with print on demand, because at the very last uh, or the last sentence on the page where you can actually um, buy it, it says this set is a print on demand product, meaning the number of sets made will be determined by how many are purchased. And then it says the sets are available on this page until October 3rd. Wow. So I thought, you know, it just got me pondering, really. You know, I was like, oh, they're doing baseball cards print-on-demand. Sure. And and it made me think, well, that's kind of, that seems like that would be what they've always done for, like, limited editions or right. limited runs. Right. They would sell a certain number and then have that number inform or determine how many they're actually going to print. So in right. a, in effect, it's print-on-demand. Like, when you or me think about print-on-demand, we're thinking about, like, onesie twosies, you know, maybe we do a run of a hundred and that's, that's quite a bit, you know, for us, at least when we're talking about print on demand, but obviously tops baseball cards, you know, Cal Ripken 25th anniversary (laughs) is not going to sell a hundred, you know, it's going to sell thousands and thousands. Um, so it just got me thinking, you know, in that connotation, print on demand's probably been around forever yeah. You know?
1: I, I, I we were talking about that. I mean, we know the technology in the garment industry is fairly new, mm-hmm. but it would make sense for limited edition stuff mm-hmm. to,
0: to print to print what sells. And so. not just baseball cards, but no. you know, I'm sure. Like any type of thing that you could have, some type of a limited edition. Sure. Well,
1: we have clients that we work with that want to run limited edition T shirts in their stores and mm-hmm. we they or or fundraisers that, you know, people have a fundraiser open for two weeks and people buy the shirts and then they're gone forever and we print whatever is ordered in those two weeks. And so I think it's probably kind
0: of the same idea anyway mm-hmm. for, right. for the limited run stuff. Yeah, I mean, it it, it just kind of got me thinking about, you know, we always talk about how print on demand is so cutting edge and so brand new, but it really, <laughs> right. in, in, a, in a sense or in one way, it's been around for a yeah, long time. The
1: garment industry
0: is kind of kind of catching up catching up to yeah yeah it's just else. the idea of kind of pre-selling right. and then allowing those that number of pre-sales to determine how big your run is right
1: yeah that is definitely a point of pondering for <laughs> mm-hmm. sure that's so interesting if you guys listening have any insight or any ideas or any questions about that um course, you can always email us. You can also Google it because we don't know a lot about baseball cards. (laughs) But uh, I think that's it for this week's point of interest. So we're going to cue the outro and uh, go to this week's main event.
0: Main event? Who's calling?
1: So Travis, we were we were scrambling, Mm -hmm. trying to find something to talk about. Uh, after our interview uh, canceled on us. And there's something coming up soon uh, that we thought we would talk about. And uh, it's it's certainly... Well, it's the most wonderful time of our year. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can play for copyright reasons. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, Q4. Mm-hmm. Q4 is coming, and that is the topic of this week's Main event. So we want to talk about getting ready for Q4. So Travis, you and I have both, you more than I, I think have experienced more Q4s. I mean, I experienced Q4s in a brick and mortar retail sales mm-hmm. sense for you know five or six years. Um, but e-commerce wise, there's some similarities, some differences, but what do you think people need to do? What's the first thing that people listening need to do to get ready for, for Q4?
0: Yeah, and um, depending on when you're actually listening to this, I mean, you could be right in the middle of Q4. Sure. Um, and you're thinking, why didn't
1: I find this Monsagawa? <laughs> you're ripping out all your hair. It's okay.
0: Um, and we would say subscribe, and you'd have it. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, I mean, the first thing you really want to do, um, if if you have the time, you know, and, and, and perhaps you, um, you know, you're going to do this next year, but y- yeah. you really want to start by... Analyzing what's happened in past Q4s, yep. you know, I mean that really is kind of the, the the cornerstone of a successful quarter four. And for those of you who don't know, the um, in the retail industry or in you know business, I guess the the year's broken up into three month chunks: Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And Q4, of course, is October through December, and contains the best. Um, <laughs> Uh, gift giving holiday of a mall <laughs> yes uh, at least for retailers yeah. uh, christmas and so um so so what you want to do is you want to go back if you've had experience in q four and you want to analyze what's, what's 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 worked and what yeah. hasn't worked yeah. so what about you like what what kind of things um I mean, I've learned a ton. I'm sure, sure. you have too. Sure. I'm just curious if you got some stories or some fun uh, experiences from past Q4s, Josiah.
1: Yeah, well, I, I will, to, to your point, uh, we, we recently, in the last week, ran reports on Amazon mm-hmm. to see what our best-selling SKUs have been in the last 12 months, how many have we sold, and kind of use that to extrapolate out mm-hmm. how much we should send in to Amazon FBA for q 4 Mm-hmm. Which probably won't be enough because, as I've learned, <laughs> you sell way more. Yeah, way more. Yeah, than you can, than you, than you'll expect. You can run um, the the data and kind of get a good idea, but odds are you, <laughs> it's going to exceed your expectations. It's right. a good place to start and at least have something. In FBA, have something ready to go, but the reality is, you're probably going to blow, <laughs> blow through them pretty quickly. I remember, I think last Q4, um, we had we were moving out of our, our warehouse here, close to you know 150 mugs a day. I mm-hmm. mean, and and it was because we set we hadn't sent any FBA, which is you know, we were, so we were cooking them all and, and sending them all out here. But it just the sheer madness. <laughs> you know the late nights that that yeah. I've we are, we've both pulled, get, just getting stuff ready, fulfilling orders. You almost have to do two shifts. You yeah, know, you have the night shift where you kind of are trying to cushion the impact on the day work, the day right. shift, and it's 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 insane. Yeah, it, it's um it's definitely more intense than working the brick and mortar Q four for me for retail because. Um, you know, there were 12 of us on, on staff and at sure. any time there were six of us working at the same time in the store. Right. So you could kind of piece and parcel, like I've got this customer, this is your customer. But when it's just And there's like, closing time too. It, yeah. You know, six o'clock they, it's over. Yeah. Or yeah, whatever we all time go it go home. Closes, Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. We get to go home and, but, but here when, when you're getting orders just around the clock, it's like you, you have to, you know, work the hours that you probably don't want to, but, yeah. but... It's the only way to kind of keep your head above water, right? right. Especially if you have deadlines with Amazon Prime and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. So, what about you? What's What's one of uh, a, a crazy story for mm. in your experiences for Q four? I know, I know you've you've turned out a lot of mugs last year. You had yeah, that it was mug nuts. dryer, just <laughs> industrial machine, just cranking out mugs by the dozens.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, you do. You you sell way more than than you would ever expect um i I think that's you know kind of goes without saying but at the same time um i think you know one way you could limit that i guess is by um putting quantity limits even though we do print on demand who's to say that we you know um might want to put quantity limits on it so on a particular style that's selling like crazy just so we don't go nuts (laughs) you know what i mean i mean like when you're in a brick and mortar store or if you're merchant fulfilling um you know something else there is a a limit to the number of the the amount of stock that you have in print on demand it's virtually unlimited so it's 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 based on how many blanks you have really and how much ink you have in your printer or whatever so I mean there there are some ways I guess you can um you can slow it down. Another thing well well one of the things that I learned um to not slow it down because I think both you and I, the reason we kinda go as hard as we can for that last, you know, month yeah. or right. so um is because we want to maximize profits for that particular yeah. time of the year because you we've we've mentioned mentioned it on the show before. We do you do a a lot of times you could you can do half of your business in those last three months. And half of that business comes in the last month. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, so twenty five percent of that half. Yeah, it, December. <laughs> it's right there in December. Twenty five percent of your whole year is in December. And so one way that I was able to um kind of take advantage of that was manipulating my handling times. Okay. And Yeah talk about that. Yeah. So um you know, different channels have different ways of, of handling, or I mean, handling the handling times. Sure. Um, on on FBA, you know, we have everything in flat files, which are basically Excel spreadsheets, and so we can literally just ma- manipulate all of our listings at the same time. Upload a file, and it changes all the handling times. Yeah. So, so for instance, right now I have all my handling times at five days. Um, and when I was doing, you know, my own fulfillment, I might have them at five, four, or five days. But as we get closer to Christmas, what you'd see on the Amazon page, you know, maybe it's the the fifteenth, and there's a Sunday, Saturday, Sunday in the in the mix before Christmas, and it takes your your shipping, your supposed shipping time, or however Amazon um, analyzes that or, or or estimates that, plus your handling time, and it might have a little thing on your page that says might arrive after Christmas. Well, that's gonna detract from buyers or That's going to, you know, really kill your your conversions on that, on that listing. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what I would do is I would change it to a, a a two day handling time, you know? And so then I get an extra two days before that message appears and I lose those sales. So that's one thing, you know, that I kind of, I don't know, just learned along the way and just started implementing. Um, but there's, (laughs) tons of things we could we could talk about yeah there's (laughs) a lot of tricks like like that that. yeah Yeah.
1: so we talked about like looking at the data for the person that this is their first q Q4. this is their first venture into the the holiday season on amazon etsy what what have you they don't have any data Mm -hmm. so what is your advice to that person that is this is their first go around
0: yeah well i think um the idea of um, looking forward to next year is is probably about the best you can do. Sure. I mean, obviously, you can analyze trends. You know what what is selling now, and so what I encourage newer sellers to do is to create a tickler file, <laughs> which I know we 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 talked about this before, and and Josiah.
1: I thought it was – I I definitely thought it was a felony charge of some sort. (laughs) tickler file. I don't know what a tickler file is, but I don't want to be his friend. (laughs) But but, I had never heard of this before, Um, but it's a – it's smart – smart marketing. I mean, it's a, it's a funny name that <laughs> sticks with you. I will never forget what this is. So tell the people what a tickler file actually is. <laughs> sure. Don't use the hand motions you used. Over
0: here today. <laughs> so, so a tickler file, obviously you can do this, you know, with all kinds of, um, computer tools they have now, you sure. know, reminders and things. it's basically just a, remi- a way to remind yourself. Um, it's, it's, harkens back to an era before computers, uh, you know, when we had files folders and you you could pull them out and and you'd have, you know, January, February, March, whatever. Yeah. And then if you wanted to remind yourself of something in September or October, you would file it in there. And then every month you're looking in that particular month's folder. And so the way I would encourage someone to use this, maybe, maybe an Evernote or, mm-hmm. you know, some, some other type of Um, just even file folders on your computer that you just name the month um, and you're going through Etsy and potentially Amazon and looking at some of the best sellers trying to see what is selling, um, taking screenshots, um, you know, really trying to figure out what things are selling and how well they're selling um, throughout each month. So then next year come, you know, September, you can pull out that December tickler file <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can actually look into that file or look in that file folder on your computer and, and get ideas for different things that were are selling the previous year because sure. you don't necessarily have data. But the other cool thing is that, so, so one other thing that we do and I would also encourage um, people to do is to actually save your sales reports each month, like see how many of your, you know, SKU number five sells this month and do that month to month. And and I have, um, an amazing, um, you know, kind of operations manager and she runs these reports and she puts it into this awesome, like Excel thing. And I have graphs and I mean, way more pretty colors than I know what to do with. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but what happens is like, we've been tracking this stuff for, you know, a couple years now and so now when we get to q4 we just we can look and see what sold how many sold how many sure. sold um on etsy how many sold on amazon how many sold on walmart and we can make great decisions based yeah. on that data because yeah. if you don't have the data you know what are you going to do you're basically just right. peeing in the wind yep. you know yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah 100 percent. another terrible terrible <laughs> uh, image <laughs>
1: So yeah, I think I think that's great advice. Like you said, without without the data, you can't do anything. You're you you're pretty much dead in the water. You can't anticipate the inventory needs that you'll have. You can't because, like you were saying, last was it last Q4, that, you you had to find new suppliers because oh yeah, they ran out of the the, the mugs mm-hmm. or, or the the blanks you were printing on or yeah. So you you have to kind of be able to forecast even your supplies inventory needs, mm-hmm. and you can't do that without analyzing data
0: right yeah i mean that's one of the things that we don't necessarily track um that we probably should is like just general supplies yeah you know how many blanks do i have how many boxes for mugs how many right. poly bags for shirts how right. many you know and on all of those things and and that that actual like bubble wrap you yeah, know totally. that's that's exactly what happened last year yeah, we well, ran out of bubble wrap
1: <laughs> well even i mean it's, we're not even in the high of q4 but because we were busy doing other you know i, I was busy doing my thing and Jason, his and the production team, his. Jason comes to me and says, "Hey, do we have any more four x six UPS labels?" And I'm like, <laughs> I think we're fresh out, so we had to like. I text you, I'm like, "Would you happen to yeah. have a random set?" of... Because guess what, you can't you can't really ship your stuff to Amazon to your customer if you don't have the shipping labels. Exactly. So just small stuff like that mm-hmm. can can be such an inconvenience, and and just stop the entire machine. Right. If you don't, you know forecast those things
0: so i think you know i mean the idea here is to to really get out a piece of paper or, you know a, a blank piece of paper or or, or a, a google doc or something and just start going through all the things that you're going to need yeah. for the next three months and and you may not have to order them all now but you should know um when you do need to order them right and and i would also encourage you to order them before you think you need to order them. Right. Because you think about it, everybody is shipping something in Q4. Yeah. And I mean, just the sheer volume of packages and pallets and all of that stuff just goes through the roof. So um, the people that are bringing you this stuff may have delays as well. So don't anticipate regular shipping times during Q4. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hoard if you have to before, (laughs) like just order a bunch up front and just coast like toilet paper in February. Yeah. Uh, You know, so it was a COVID reference. (laughs) Completely, uh, it's topical, but equally as obscure of a reference. Um, So, for people that are moving in or sending into FBA Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, there's going to be selling limitations, especially if this is your first year on Amazon, Mm -hmm. you know, sending stuff in for Q4. So, there's storage fees. And there's the Inventory Performance Index. Uh, Unpack those a little bit for those listening as far as what limitations might be set that they need to be aware of before they just kind of throw caution to the wind and send in 50 pallets of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, storage fees, Amazon, I, I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they basically quadruple the actual fees that they charge you to store your goods in their warehouses during the last three months of the year, and then in January it goes back down. But um, so if you send in a bunch of stuff just hoping that it's going to sell, and it doesn't, um, you can really get hammered. I mean, yeah. it can really add up. Um, you know, over the course of three months, you really got to watch that. So you want to try to send in things that you know are going to sell, um, or or send them in, in in quantities that you know you're ready to maybe do them in one month quantities or, or two week quantities or something like that. So they sell through. So you don't have a lot of stock just sitting there during Q4. Um, and again, you know, if you, if you are new, you're not going to have the data to necessarily know what's going to sell. Yep. That's, that's a challenge. And so you are, you know, there, there's something to be said for testing. And if, if you're kind of listening to this and you're still getting ready for Q4, um, your testing phase is kind of gone. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you get to test it at least during Q4, but it's just that it's a test. You're not sure. actually being able to to make decisions based on on good on the, data. Right, right. Um, as far as the inventory performance index, the IPI, that's kind of a thing that um, Amazon that's threw out. It. Right? Yeah, well, the IPI has been around for a while, but they've raised the the performance or the, the, the lowest score that you don't get penalized. So before it was like down at like 350 IPI, you'd have unlimited regular size storage. Um, And then they raised it to 400. Um, And, you know, people were like, okay, then, you know, they're probably going to keep raising it, but you know, no alarm bells yet. Then all of a sudden, like a couple months ago, they jacked it up to 500 and said, you have 30 days to, to get it up to 500. Well, the problem with that is that it's a 90-day rolling average. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, they basically just... um, And it's not like they can't do math at Amazon. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They were basically trying to limit their stock in Amazon. Uh, So so what happens if you don't hit that number is that you have limitations. Sure. You have limitations on the number or the quantity of, of items you can... Or square... Square, square 40, footage, right. yeah, of of actual goods that you can um, have in Amazon, and so most a lot of sellers got hit with this, yeah. And I mean, it was Amazon's, you know, idea. I guess it was their their way of kind of limiting how much they would have in stock for Q four, so they could have um, a more, I guess. Uh, so so people wouldn't just send them pallets and pallets and pallets of things right at the beginning of October and half of that stuff's not even going to sell till right. Black Friday. Right. You know, so so they, they not only put limits on um, uh, your overall amount of, of square footage that you can store there, they also put limits on individual ASINs and most individual ASINs have a limit of 200. Yeah. So I know guys that are selling, you know, 200 to 1,000 a day... <laughs> <laughs> you know, of certain units and they have this limit of 200. I mean, it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, you know, you want to, it's their sandbox. Yeah, exactly. It's their sandbox. They get yeah. to do what they want and, and this is how they, they decided that they were going to, um, you know, protect themselves right. from being overwhelmed sure. with the amount of uh, goods that they would have for Q4 because I don't know if uh, we've talked about it on this podcast but this q4 is probably going to be a q4 for the ages i mean just with the with all of the COVID stuff and the people um you know not able to go out as much sure you're you're just increasing the amount of online sales the amount of online shopping that's going to happen and so amazon's anticipating that and so they're trying to put things into place that protect them and so they don't implode. Sure, yeah, <laughs> they just don't get yeah. stacked
1: with all of these boxes. Yeah, and overrun, which makes total sense. Yeah. Um. So I think you mentioned this uh, a little bit ago. Um. But for people that are drop shipping, people that aren't bothering with FBA, mm-hmm. they have you know print on demand sites, companies. Yeah, they've outsourced all of it. Um. So I think obviously you're not gonna really necessarily worry about the data as much but one thing you can do is start like you said analyzing the trends that are coming mm-hmm. up yeah that you can start making graphics for mugs shirts mm-hmm. mouse whatever whatever and not only that but trendy items that are coming out yeah um you know i i years ago was the fidget spinner if you could have figured out how to print on demand and sublimate a fidget spinner mm-hmm. i'm sure people would have probably you know done something like that but yeah the, the giftables that are coming out the things that are that are trendy and, and you can sell what tools do you recommend for people that are trying to analyze those trends what would you say the, the, the best way to go about doing that is other than just kind of hunting um, mm-hmm. Amazon and Etsy for for trending listings or you know designs or whatever? yeah
0: I mean I, I honestly think if you're doing specifically print on demand, um, so we're talking to drop shippers. Drop talk also talking to newer sellers, you know, sure. that they don't have a Q4 They're in their down, pocket right, yet. Right. Um, I think the number one thing that they can do is to research, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and and the easiest way to research is to see what's selling on those channels. And, you know, Etsy and Amazon, you know, Amazon has the best seller rank. Um, Etsy has... You know, the reviews that are right there on the product page, you can see if someone's bought it in the last week or whatever. You can Mm -hmm. see the hot products, you know, another way that you can, um, you know, let's say you're you're surfing, surfing uh, Facebook and you get served one of those T-shirt ads. Yeah. Well, you know what? Open that up, go to that website and all of a sudden there'll be a cookie in your fa- or a pixel, you know, that's yeah. in your Facebook. And now you'll start getting served those types of ads for more t-shirts, for more coffee mugs, right. for more print-on-demand products. And you can kind of get an idea, again, screenshot it, put it in your Evernote, put it in your file folder. Um, yeah. Tickle it, it. Tickle it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, think about those things because th- those guys are spending a lot of money on Facebook. Oh, yeah. um, so if you see that, you know there's a good chance that that particular item is is doing, doing well, well right. you
1: know yeah there's a reason they're they're, they're yeah.
0: pushing it out to more eyes because yeah. they've already had
1: organics success
0: right. and we're not talking about like copying the design no no. you know doing the same thing that's our
1: other podcast on patreon yeah (laughs) called infringement i'm just kidding it's not that's not it's not a thing that's not a thing don't do
0: that no but we are talking about getting ideas from things that are selling and then the the other thing that you can just do is set up you could set up google alerts for Mm -hmm. um you can go on google trends you know you hear something and just go and just google Google trends, yeah. <laughs> there's a website and yeah. <laughs> put it in there, see where the arrow or the, the line is going. Ooh, if it's right. trending up, well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, totally. You know, and the beauty about our business is that we have all, all we do is if, when we create a design, we create a, a listing, there's no inventory associated with right. that. There's no cost of goods until it actually is sold. Right. So the, so the better we can create listings and the quicker we can pivot when a, when a, you know, Trump says something crazy, or Biden says something crazy, or whatever, you know, whatever the trending thing is happening, or there's, you know, wildfires, that's something that's going on right now. Um, I I mean, obviously, we don't want to, you know, profit on tragedy, but you get the idea, something that's happening right now. um, People are probably searching that out. So using those things um, to your advantage is, is not only going to, benefit the new seller or the drop shipper it's going to benefit
1: right. every Everybody. seller
0: right. you know i mean we should be researching yeah
1: that's it. i mean we did that a lot um we, we, we still do to an extent but um when we were first first launching mm-hmm. the business and, and starting to print our own shirts we used um uh merch informer yeah from from neil lassen mm-hmm. um Which is a great. We should should have him on sometime. We should. Mm -hmm. Um, His his software for those of you listening. I mean, he he really just tracks the stuff that's selling really well on Mm -hmm. Amazon, and that's what we use. And and I've heard that it's kind of, It's grown Mm -hmm. quite a bit. You know, it it offers a lot more um, functionality than just the research part. But um, that's what we did. We just we researched what was happening and used it to, um, you know inspire or give us ideas for what stuff we can list ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so research is definitely um, a huge, huge part of it. So um, I just Googled Google trends and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Taylor Swift, Kim Kardashian, world cup, football, American football. Mm. So it's like a game of blues clues. What does blue (laughs) want to do with Taylor Swift, the world cup and American football? (laughs) Uh, Three things that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah, and I probably Um, wouldn't
0: put Taylor Swift's name in my Amazon or Etsy listing, but that's another
1: podcast. Probably not. (laughs) So uh, with that, Travis, um, anything else you can think of for prepping for Q4 before we put a bow on this one, pun intended, because Christmas? Nice.
0: Hey, I try. I just think, you know, and we always say it, you know, taking action is is key. And I think particularly for Q4, just... um, Q4 is, is going to be here before you know it, if it's not already when you're listening to this. And right. um, the earlier you can start, you know, like right now, our sales are slow. I mean, they're yes. not, it, it's slower than normal, sure. you know, and sure. um, we should be taking advantage of that time.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, even though sales are slow, I know that we've had our our team of, of VAs and assistants mm-hmm. just popular yeah. listing like crazy that's all on we're Amazon. doing yeah i mean we're just building out the listings thousands and, and thousands yeah of them. because it's it's a volume game the more you have the more of them are going to sell and the more the more the, the, the chances are greater that right. some of them are going to catch and yep and sell uh very very
0: well yeah so yeah i mean just take action do something about it you know yeah. don't just don't just have the idea yeah we got to come up with a little cool catchphrase we do i, I you and know
1: we'll put on our own print-on-demand t-shirt Ooh, and a mug that's a great idea i know hmm. coming to a print-on-demand store near you <laughs> my friends so with that guys thank you so much for tuning in we hope you enjoyed this uh pivot episode i guess what we'll call it <laughs> <laughs> um uh, look look forward in the future to the uh interviews we have we have an interview uh, coming up about Trademarking and licensing that mm-hmm. I think is going to be very informative, mm-hmm. and I personally am looking forward to it because it's something I want to know more about. So, um, look forward to that as well. But until then, guys, thanks for listening. As always, you can go to printondemandcast.com and email Travis and myself at infoprintondemandcast.com at if you have any questions, suggestions, uh, anything like that for us. That's stuff you'd like to uh, get our insight on uh, in the print on demand business. Uh, and rate and subscribe. That definitely helps our analytics. It helps us get in front of more people and it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. So until then, uh, I'm Josiah. He's Travis. That won't change. Uh, We're always ourselves. (laughs) And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.